comes sweeping down the plane. Yeah, put them in the hot seat. Better grab your popcorn and get comfy while they talking. The greatest show ever. Got the greatest host ever. Talking about this statement, it's the greatest home ever. Baker always got it. And Max is on the hot street. With DJ Oreo, man, it's the Oklahoma hot seat. And just like that, we are back. What's going on, man? 2021. Yes. You're just turning it down right nah, there. I'm just going to let it play out. Well, it's over. It's over. Look, <laughs> did you see how I timed that out? That was perfect. It's like you knew how much time was left. I, I knew that this is screen technology, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, not much, man. I'm excited. Our first show, actually, of 2021, and our first show, actually, in a while. Yes, So it is. you've been busy. Yes. Kids, work. Other yep. things. Yes, and you have been busy as well. As well. It is it has stayed busy and also an interesting year in general. So we had a plan of how many shows we wanted to mash out and, and guest and things like that. COVID kind of switched some things around. Schedule changed some things, but we still had some really cool shows. We did. We had, I mean, first and foremost, we had Travis Davidson. Yes. Cardinal Club. Yes. Trey's Bar and Grill. He's a bit of a celebrity now. He is. He's a little he's, bit of a celebrity. He's all over the news. He is he's all over on. the news. Yeah. Um. And then we had Josh and uh, Josh Bryant and Clay Mars. Yeah. Um. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu mm-hmm. community here in Tulsa. Uh. We had Lauren Baldwin on to tell us her journey about uh her breast cancer uh journey and everything right. going through treatment, which was a great show. That, during, that's one of my favorite during ones. COVID. Yeah. We did that one, Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. And um. Who else? So we had people uh, that you knew, uh, that yeah. you work with and yeah. help out with. Yeah, we had Kevin Harper with Food on the Move. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also had uh, Ramal, the hometown heat. So he uh, did local radio for a bit, and he's really big in the community with a lot of um, nonprofit organizations and also with his own business and things like that. Yeah, he's blown up since yeah. the last time we talked to him. Yeah. And we're probably going to get him to come back again. Most definitely. He's, he's got a lot of things going on, yeah. a lot of exciting things. So yeah, a lot of the landscape of Tulsa has changed a lot in the last yes. few months to a year. I mean, maybe maybe due to us. Maybe a little bit. Our viewership is at an all-time high. Saw <laughs> <laughs> an all-time high of three. Three. Yes. I'm hoping maybe we can push this to four or five. Maybe get us a few downloads, maybe mm-hmm. a shout-out, maybe yeah. something like that. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, also had uh, Lauren uh, Laura Greenleaf yeah. from Greenleaf uh, Barn Wedding and Events. Yeah. Um, Which, it'd be cool to check with her, too, because obviously being in the same industry, like, what's what's getting booked? What are the precautions? What's going on? How has that changed business? Yeah. So that would be a, that'd be a cool recap show. So we've got people we want to get back in touch with. We have people we want to get back in touch with, and we also have... A solid lineup for 2021. Yeah. yeah. So we've got some cool guests coming up. So that kind of leads us on to who we have today. Yes. We have Don Bender, mad scientist. Uh, is she going to let you call her that? She called herself that. Okay. So it's cool. All right. She is a mad scientist. I just wanted to make sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, she's uh, local. She's from here, uh, Oklahoma prior. 
um, went to OU, went to NSU, uh, NSU BA, studied molecular biology. Um, she is who we have up next. So if you can stay, listen, yeah, take a gander. This is exciting. This is. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. All right, thanks. Everyone, welcome everybody to the Oklahoma hot seat. Uh, we got Baker Oreo. Our special guest today, Don, has shown up to the uh, new makeshift studio that we have. We've got the drum seat, the recliner. It's kind of a comfortable, more intimate setting than uh, the places that we've been. I in. bet it brings you back to your radio days. Yeah, because I'm the one standing up. It's your house, I, and you I, forgot yeah. to provide chairs. Thank you for the chair. Yeah. Something some, some about like that new move in. So I, it's, I'm, I've only been here three weeks, so the table's coming. I'm not judging you. you. Trust me. No, well, when we were setting everything up, I looked at you and I was like, oh man, there's a good and bad thing. You're like, oh, there's no chairs. <laughs> you already knew. You <laughs> already figured it out. You did get the comfy recliner, though. I'm I'll switch jealous. you if you want. I really don't care. Yeah. I just figured you were tall. Yeah. That probably, was probably yeah, didn't so want to short. get up with your knees. I mean, yeah. I'm not short either, <laughs> but I figured it's going to. Why don't you tell everybody your name and what you do and why you're so important? <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I don't know about important. My name is Don Bender. Um, I am currently a postdoctoral fellow at Stevenson Cancer Center in Oklahoma City. And um, yeah, I'm a mad scientist, I guess. That's right. Yeah. Is it weird that you're a doctor amongst all the other people that you know? Like, I would say you're bar, you're bar people. Do you feel weird? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. And I, well, I think it, the luster of being a quote unquote doctor right. is lost a little bit when you're in academia because pretty much everyone I know is a doctor. Um, yeah, right. Or you're just going like, to be a doctor, yeah, you know, right. when you're in that, uh, in that health center environment, right. it kind of seems like, oh, everyone is. What did you, what was, what was your undergrad? What did you do uh, for undergrad? I went to Northeastern State University uh-huh. in Broke, here in Broken Arrow, and I studied uh, molecular biology okay. with a minor in chemistry. Okay. But don't ask me any chemistry questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, I don't know any. So, um, You're from here. You grew up in Pryor. I did. And so you've been here. He's just going to get way too excited. I think he's going to be okay. All right. We'll see. He's very um, What, I mean, what... what for lack of a better question, what put you down that path? Yeah. So, I mean, after bartending for so long. I told you. <laughs> Oreo's got a dog. He's a very cute boy. He uh, is. I, I love dogs. A little stinky. I mean, stinky I mean, what we did immediately as dog people, we immediately went to pet the dog when we got here. Which was a mistake we learned. Yes, apparently. <laughs> I'll try to control my urges oh, okay. to pet the dog. I'm sorry. So what, what put you on the path to, to, to go that route? Um, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about how, you know, when you're a kid and you have all these ideas of what you want to be when you grow up and helping people. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do as a kid was be a physical therapist. And so, um, you know, after all the years in the bar, I was like, I want to do something else and um, decided that I'd go to school for physical therapy. And um, I went and, and spoke with, um, you know, people at the college. I was like, what do I need to do to get started on this? And they're like, just get a degree in science, get your bachelor's in any kind of science degree. And so I just started taking classes and I took an intro to biology course and I just really dug it. It was, um, it's, 
just very fascinating to me yeah. of how the inner workings of life in general. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing, and it, it still is nuts. to me every day. Um, so yeah, so I took that intro to bio course, and I loved it. So I was like, I'm going to be a biology major. And then started taking uh, upper-level courses at NSU, and there was a, a woman there, Dr. Satna Dasbradu, and she taught this cell biology course, and it, uh, I just fell in love. And um, trying to understand how a single cell works and how that single cell makes a whole organism and all these organisms, it was pretty incredible to me. And so um, she asked me if I wanted to do research in her lab, and um, why wouldn't I? You know, it's either take some course and be one of 25 students or so or exactly. work one-on-one with a scientist. But then, you you know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you said you wanted to help people or be a physical therapist, you know. You, you're working in a lab. Like, you always hear of that. Like, well, I'll get to work in a lab. Yeah. Like, when you're little, you're like, I want to work in a lab. Yeah. I'm going to build something or <laughs> make a potion like Batman or something, you know. <laughs> Something that's going to blow up. Yeah. Edit genomes and stuff. Well, that's crazy. That's a question that I got for you, too. But go ahead. So you're working in this lab for this uh, professor. Yeah. Doctor. Uh, yeah, Dr. Dasbradu. And um, I did a semester, and it was cool. The whole idea of the scientific method and, you know, asking a question about something we don't know and then discovering these ways to analyze or look at that question to possibly add new information to the world. Right. Like to learn something no one else has known before just was incredible to me. So, well, I think it's in the past 10 years, there's been massive amounts of advancements in genome research yeah. in itself. Um, but what were you guys doing? What, what was your guys research that you guys were doing then? Uh, in undergrad, it was... What were you guys researching? We were researching this this protein um, that was involved in DNA replication and repair. And so we were just trying to understand how it was interacting with other proteins at the replication fork. Um, I don't know. Let me know if I... No, no, no. I understand. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, uh, surprisingly, I get it. Um <laughs> It's it's funny that you 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 said you know this the the scientific method you know of you know trying things out analyzing it it seems like this past year that we've had has been very difficult but people have lost that whole mindset of a scientific method right like oh you know with with these pharmaceutical companies coming out with this vaccine are you going to take the vaccine uh, I will take the vaccine oh really yeah. Would you take the vaccine, Oreo? Oh, man. I won't uh, judge you. Okay. Uh, no. I don't no. think I will either. Okay. It's kind of like the first iPhone. I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> I mean, after a couple of you different versions. the first iPhone? No. I know. It's crazy, right? Okay. I'll say this, and I, I, there's, I, I believe there's pros and cons to both sides, so I understand that there's, like, why people that would take it, and I'm like, cool, like, I'm, I'm not a what is it a conspiracy theorist as far as like oh there's something crazy going on and i, I don't think there's anything crazy let there's me start, a lot of people that believe i don't that think there's is. anything crazy going on <laughs> i just don't want to get bell Paul, bell's palsy that's part of some of the crazy things okay. that may that may be no 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 there there's uh well, and, no 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 but i'm saying like some of the theories and things like and, and it's literally in the scientific it's in it's in their is, trial is they had like a 7% um 7 seems high 7% yeah, 
of people react. Temporary. Temporary Bell's palsy. Okay. That's temporary. (laughs) (laughs) My thing is just the information of, because I do feel like it seems like that that there are a lot of time and, and and I don't know we only know that they've probably only been working this on this for maybe the last year nine which months. is which is the whole thing back to what I'm saying is is this is this is fast track this is new technology correct right um some of them like a, I mean that's not your field though right it is not my field uh disclaimer I yeah. am not an expert in this area however um COVID has been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and people have been doing research on it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that was just like, oh, this is a brand new thing. We just started doing research. Here's this vaccine. Everybody take it and we'll hope for the best. Yeah. That is not the case. Um, and uh, let me think about this for a minute. Um, no, you're okay. That's a, that's the whole point. Yeah, the scientific yeah. method. I mean, they, they, they did these trials on these people mm-hmm. and on the second dose, they were, they talked about like significant, like, so my thing is, is if the side effects outweigh the virus that you're trying to do it, what's the point of taking it? And if you get it anyways, they're still recommending, and then you have the antibodies, they're still recommending that you get it. Does that it doesn't outweigh? make sense. Does it outweigh though? Has anybody died from the vaccine? Not that I'm aware of yet, but then again, all the people that supposedly all the people that have passed away have had 2.6 morbidity factors in their deaths. I'm not 0.6. I'm not necessarily like, Hey, I want to go get it, but I'm also not against it to go like, Hey, I do feel like it has its place, but also at the same time. Isn't anything that you take nowadays have some side effects though? Well, that's another question. That I was going to ask you, and I don't know if you really have that, but I wanted to talk about the research that you're doing now, but also your postdoctorate. Um, what what is that? What is it called? Um, your Sorry. argument? Uh, defense. Defense. Yeah, my my dissertation defense is that. What well, you're... I wasn't ta- um, so. I'm sorry. With d- defining diseases in these genomes or in these genes, right? Okay. Um, I forgot where I was going with that, <laughs> but. <laughs> No, um, well, we're, as that technology has gotten better, right? We're sure. detecting, we're, we're trying to detect uh, diseases mm-hmm. like Alzheimer's, sure. cancers like sure. that, right? Within these genes. Yeah, there are some genes that some are of these well known to drive certain diseases. Drive, drive them. Sure. So some of these are genetic, mm-hmm. but others are environmental. Sure. Which is what I, what I was talking about. Yeah. So with, with these genetic um, indications mm-hmm. were able to watch them, right? And to, to discover a way of like treatment, right? Yeah, I think the biggest part of that um, it'd be what we call biomarkers. Mm-hmm. So there are certain genes that drive um, diseases. Obviously, most of them are compounding in the field that I'm in. I'm in cancer now. So that's definitely something there's compound mutations. But um, biomarkers can be used to detect these things early on, maybe before the onset of Alzheimer's or, um, you know, cancer development. And so they are able to use that information um, to then know that, you know, if you're susceptible for uh, pancreatic cancer or something, that they're going to watch you and evaluate that more often than somebody who doesn't have that gene or that that gene's not mutated. Right. So it's pretty helpful in that aspect. And then also you get into um, gene therapies, which is really cool. Is that like a CRISPR? 
Uh, Has anybody been talking about that? Sure. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Okay. Can you explain <laughs> that to me? Because I hear two people talking about this all the time. It's a gene crisper. Bro, I told you, you need to research some shit, man. Well, I got a couple of questions, but go but go ahead. Yeah, gene crispers. It's yeah. really what I'm interested in. I heard a story about them cloning a horse. Okay. Uh, out of uh, Portugal. It's an equestrian, what are they, uh, the uh, polo, polo horses. Okay. And this is like a championship horse, and they they cloned it. Well, supposedly, like, it had the ability that this horse had to learn that it passed down to these clones because it was supposedly embedded into its genes. I don't know. It was a crazy Wait, story. Okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. So so this horse like so, something about polo, okay? Something about polo that the horses learn like a, as they're growing up. You're saying that they use CRISPR to give a new horse a memory of the old horse? Something like this that. Memory to learn? Yeah. Something kind of wild. Yeah, it is. It was crazy though. I'd have to. You might send me that. I will. Okay. It was crazy, but it was something that the that the 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 host horse or the donor horse learned, and then when they cloned that that horse already that these clone horses already knew it. Hmm. That would have been an easier way to say it. Yeah. Y'all, come on now. You know who my best friend is. Anyway, so I have a question. <laughs> what do you, I mean, do you, but yeah. So uh, my experience with CRISPR is a little bit different. Okay. Um, That's a, a crazy story that I heard. Twilight that Zony. Was, that was wild. <laughs> it was wild. It was wild when I was reading it. We, uh, we use it as like a tool in the lab, like a genetic tool. So if I want to know where this certain protein is in a cell... I can use CRISPR to go in and fluorescently label that gene. And so now that protein, if I look at it under a microscope, is going to be green. And so I can see, you know, where that cell is, if it's like in the nucleus, if it goes onto the cytoplasm, you can even use whole animals. Um, zebrafish is a really cool model to use where you can fluorescently label, say, um, some cytokine or signaling molecule and you can see where the signaling molecule goes if it's um, affecting cellular movement to let's say of some kind of leukemia to the brain Uh, one of the labs I did a rotation in they they used um, uh, fluorescently labeled protein that's in uh, leukemia cells and they Mm -hmm. can see infiltration into the central nervous system and so it's a really neat genetic tool that um, also has kind of those moral implications of using them in, yeah. in whole organisms in the real world that kind of make it a little bit iffy that people like to talk about. That's like with it, any technology. I want to hear your question, though. But that is Mine's definitely what different. I was talking about. I, I, I saw, I felt where you were going. <laughs> it was right there. You all know me. Right there, the whole we're going somewhere. <laughs> you just got to be along for the ride. So we we're obviously uh, we're gonna we're gonna step with the transplant of memories with horses and whatnot and move on. I think my my question is probably a little bit more cancer based. Okay. So obviously with like and and it, I want to word it a certain way, but obviously with like with technology changing and different things like that, are we finding that? Oh, you're back. Are we? F- I won't make eye contact. <laughs> oh, he's fine. 
Are we finding though? Like, I, I feel like there's like certain cancers that were probably a little bit more threatening as technology changing to where like people are living more, or we're finding more ways around to beat these types of different things, or is stuff still like a struggle with having to deal with certain things? Does that make sense? Like, because I'm I even the stuff that I've read and researched, like I'm seeing a lot of people that there's like different ways they're able to fight different cancers now, and there's like more technology out there. So does that aid in what you're doing, or do you guys still like rely on like? old ways of things or how how does that incorporate like kind of how you deal with things now uh i'd say a little bit of both i mean there are a lot of things that um, i mean have been done for a long time like surgical resection just removing a tumor that's obviously going to be probably in that toolkit for a while um but yeah lots of cool advances have been made um in the field of immunology and trying to alter the immune system to help it work against the tumor cells themselves um yeah allison dr allison i can't think of his first name at md anderson he won the nobel prize a few years ago for his work in uh immunology uh based cancer therapies and so we're definitely making i say we the royal you're part of this yeah Yeah. you're in there (laughs) um there are huge advancements being made right now especially in the field of oncology and cancer treatment to make it more individualized. So it's not just, you know, radiating and removal, but it's actually which was pretty individual. Which was pretty treatment. common. Yeah. So even we were talking about some of the COVID stuff, so kind of the fast track of where they were able to, or what felt like it was. Sure. Uh, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of research of what's been along, but it what seems was a fast track to get multiple vaccines out and different things like that. Do you think that will translate into your field of being like, Hey, we could probably do some of the things quicker now because of something like that. You know, I don't know enough about the regulatory side of, um, you know, FDA drug approval. Cause it, cause that was an emergency type thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And those aren't FDA approved these, uh, these vaccines because it's emergency fact track um, or fast tracked that they aren't. Um, but a lot of people would argue that the FDA may not overstep, but delay a lot of useful things that we could have um, a little bit faster for the reason of, you know, protecting people and things like that. But there are lots of other countries that um, kind of develop these things a little bit faster because there are less regulatory hurdles and hoops to jump through. Um, and real quick, back uh, backtracking to asking me if I would take the vaccine. Um, it is a little bit iffy, and I understand that. And when something is fast-tracked and you don't have long-term clinical trial results... You know, it just kind of makes you question it in your head. But for me, as a researcher and contributing to work that eventually turns into clinical trials, and for me expecting someone else, a perfectly healthy human being, to go be a part of those clinical trials, to, you know, somebody has to do it. Somebody has to be the one to say, oh, this new drug, you know, might cure this disease. But unless we have somebody to try it out to see if it's harmful, we'll never know. Yeah. And so I think it would make me a hypocrite to, to expect other people to do that for me and then to have this drug that's so far along. Uh, you know, we know right. that it's not really caught. Co- I mean, you said, what did you? 7%. 7%. I'm going to have to look this up. Temporary. Um, but uh, yeah, it would make me a hypocrite to not... Yeah, I mean, there's like, I mean, there's like small percentage of the people get like really bad chills, really high fever after the second dose, which is the, is that the Pfizer one? 
Uh, I'm sure there are side effects with both. Everything. Yeah. Because there are several now, it seems like, right? There's I think there's three. Three, yeah. Right? Uh, I know there's one from Pfizer, Moderna, and I'm not sure about the third. Bio... BioNTech, I yeah. think they're working with Pfizer. Oh, okay. I think that's the same one. Okay, then no. So you'd mentioned that... And like, those companies didn't take any money from the government to make those, by the way. They did it on their own. Yes. And Pfizer is very well known for getting in trouble, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Baker. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that could be said about all of us. That could be said about <laughs> any any company. They've all done bad things. So you were talking about the FDA and kind of the process of things getting approved and passed and what can be used. So my next question, when you brought that up, like for you know diseases or cancers or whatever, are there probably active things out there that we could possibly use that just is just sitting on the shelf waiting to be approved oh, or yeah. is not getting passed yet that you maybe like you said there's other countries that stuff is advanced or been passed or whatever but there's just stuff sitting there that we could possibly use it's just waiting in line absolutely i mean there are gosh i wouldn't even be able to take a guess at how many drugs that are in clinical trials right now for various diseases i mean I, at least on the order of thousands, probably tens of thousands. If you think of all the the biotech companies, there are, and they all have multiple drugs in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, I, there are these steps that you have to take. You know, you go through uh, clinical phases where you make sure that you know it's not causing any overt side effects in normal, healthy human beings, and then of course you get to patients um, specifically for that disease. To, to make sure it even works. Um, and this is all after it's been tested in animals. And um, it's a long, long process. Um, but there are tons, probably, of, of Interesting. drugs that are in the pipeline that, that could help people. What, how, long are you, how long are you doing your um, post-doctorate um, academia? Right, and that is a question. Yeah, how long do you do that? (laughs) Um, Do like I mean, cancer research is awesome. Yeah. Um, No matter what, which specific one it is, but I mean, is that what what you want to do? I mean, because you're what is your what what exactly is your post? What kind of cancer research are you doing again? uh, Right now, not breast cancer. No, we uh, study colorectal. Okay. Yeah, gastrointestinal cancers. Yeah. Like yeah. small intestines, gut, yeah. colon, colon, intestines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that where you want to be like in the long run? Um, you know, it wasn't initially where I thought I would be. I was going to plan to go more into women's health, but, um, it, for me, it seemed like the area of greatest need. Um, it's the second leading cause of cancer related deaths. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so lung cancer is the first. Yeah. And then uh, colon or colorectal cancers is the next. Wow. And so it's a really, it's pretty well, aggressive. For some reason, I thought pancreatic cancer was probably like number two. I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah. That's weird. I think, uh, and the gut's always been really interesting to me. Um, the microbiome, you know, all the different bacteria and stuff in the gut and how it controls everything. I mean, it controls your mood, your, your thought process. And, um, I don't know. It's something I've always what? found. It's really interesting. Yeah. Your gut 
controls your thought process or influences? Yeah. Not controls. That's yeah. bad. The, the, what do they call Influence. it? Influence. The gut brain axis or something of that sort. I mean, that's what they say. You the Snickers, you're kind of being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? I just, you, you being you. <laughs> it wouldn't be, it, it would be fake otherwise. <laughs> that's crazy. Is it, so is that where you want to stay? Um, How long do you do? I asked you like yeah, five questions. Okay. <laughs> um, just, just, just a normal conversation with me. Um, oh, that's such a hard question. And, and you know, graduate school is so different than any other, or I guess I should say, research is different than other fields you go into. Like I was talking about originally, I was going to be a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. When you go into physical therapy, you go to school for that. You graduate, you become a physical therapist. That's what you do, um, which is a lot. You know, you go to school, plumbing school, you get out and you be a plumber. Um, right. But for research, it's different because you have all these different prospects for careers. And so there's not one set path. Um, for me, I, I think I want to go into industry as opposed to staying in academia. Um, there's two main paths for PhDs which is industry or academia. So you can stay in a research, uh, an academic research environment like I am now. Um, and that's kind of the more noble path is yeah, how right. most people think of yeah. it. You know, you're doing, you get to decide your own research and, um, and, and do kind of what you want, but you're also constantly having to find funding for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, managing a lab, writing papers, writing grants. And uh, I'm not exactly sure that that's my, my past. So I'm thinking about um, industry positions for places like Pfizer or Moderna or smaller companies um, to do a more science communications role. I hear Theranos is hiring. <laughs> I don't think they're a company anymore. No, they're not. <laughs> that's a whole. That's a whole show in itself though it was yeah yeah oh uh, did you watch you don't you need to watch this what is this are you putting your ear to the microphone to listen no okay i was confused there for a second (laughs) um i don't know you went like that no go ahead confused um so this lady elizabeth what's her name elizabeth holmes no Mm. Oh, shoot. I can't believe I can't think Dang. of that. We, we have, have so a- many ethics courses that we take, and she is obviously a hot topic in these ethics um, courses. So her name, okay, so there's an HBO documentary. It's called mm. The Inventor, like, Out for Blood in the Silicon Valley or something. I'll give you the short of it. Yeah, that's probably the best yes. option. <laughs> <laughs> this young woman started a company and got millions, maybe even billions. Yeah, Elizabeth Holmes. And Elizabeth Holmes billions of dollars um, to fund this specific technology that she was coming up with. And she basically fooled all these people into thinking that this was a technology she had already created. And um, it wasn't. No, like... And so there were... Was it billions? Oh, so many. So, yeah, billions. Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. She's on... She's going to be in... So her court case is this year, like March. Like it got pushed back. I've been meaning to read this book because we, you know, we only touch on it a little bit in these classes and stuff. Oh, dude, I want to get the full. So skinny. this is fairly recent. Oh yeah, well yeah, fairly recent. No, like not only that, but like she, she's just like a liar, like straight up. She was sending, crazy. She sending was, these blood test kits out. Yeah, and they didn't work. 
but they were like falsifying results from it. Yeah, well, they weren't falsifying results. You have to have you seen the HBO documentary? No. Oh, you got to watch it. Okay, it's crazy. So what they were doing is, is they were running these te- these blood tests on co- competitors' machines, and then sending back those results. Or they would also get they would get results back from their machine, but like it would be completely off, like way off. And like they were telling these people that they were fine, and then they find out like six months later they got cancer or something. She was like twenty. Yeah, she would like she would like talk like this. Billion dollars or something. She would talk like real deep. She dressed like Steve Jobs. She was a charmer. Yeah, she. She dressed like Steve Jobs. She talked really deep, but she faked it. That wasn't her real voice. Deep and bro, you got to watch it. She was sleeping with her CEO. I mean, she was a CEO. COO. COO. Okay. She was sleeping with the COO. She dropped out of she dropped out of Stanford at like nineteen and became this like billionaire. Like she stole like uh, like so much money from Betsy DeVos. <laughs> it was like like a lot of like politicians, all kinds of shit. So yeah, people like that are giving biotech a very bad name. Yeah. So we don't appreciate those people. And I'm gonna guess she's gonna spend a. She's probably gonna go to jail for a while. Yeah. She's probably gonna go to jail for a while. Yeah. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Oh, bro, I'm telling you, man, (laughs) it's fucking great. It's a great. It's a great documentary. It's crazy. So like, what? I mean, what kind of? You're just still in cancer side though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, there's a specific company. I just applied for a fellowship. I don't think. Oh, uh, well, um, let's not let's not say it. Okay, uh, but they, they. Let's hope they never find this. <laughs> or they do, and they're like, "Oh wow, oh, she is such we a really like her. communicator, and yes. we want to hire her now." She, yes, that's her. Yeah, she just she wore black turtlenecks all the time. Yeah, Steve Jobs. Little. Yeah, look like Steve Jobs. She's a weird, weird chick. Interesting. It's a good documentary. We'll check up on this later. But yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to It's a really good documentary, man. It's a movie, I think. It's a movie, it's a book. Uh, oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, they got a podcast on it too. I think it's ABC News or something. It's crazy. Yeah, interesting. Crazy. Um, I did the 23 and me. My mom's got um uh the macular. Oh, really? Did you right? Yeah, I, I do. She's basically blind. She had to have like a bunch of stents put in, but it, it's a gene for sure. It's 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 from the, my mom's side, but yeah, like what what I found out, you know, as I got older and kind of dove back into the topic. But I always thought it's just okay. You get part of you get half of your genes from your mom, half of your genes from your dad. Well then, well they got a copy, so it's a copy after a copy after a copy, and it's like like. Your dad got a copy of your of his mom's, and then he, and that's my dad, and then that's a copy of that. So it's like crazy. So I, we did this twenty three and me, and I always thought that like my grandmother was Eastern European, oh, so yeah. she was like she's from Yugoslavia. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, surely like that's where most of my no. I think a lot of people uh, go through that. There's a lot of um, videos on YouTube where people find out, and some of them are. Oh, you know, unfortunately, very racist about it, and they're like, "Oh no!" And then they do this twenty-three and Me, and they find out their whatever ethnicity that they've always hated. And um, well, that's crazy. It's really interesting uh, to look. I have one. I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I did. I did both. I had an, I had an ancestry, and I had a twenty-three and Me. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, it was I'm, actually. I'm not entirely convinced of full accuracy. Of no, this. not at all. Yeah. Do you even think that's possible? What? What part? To like track. Oh sure. You think it is? Yeah. But I. But again, it all depends on, on your, the data that you have to your, analyze it against. Your database. Yeah. Yeah, because. <laughs> Um, I think it's I think it's called Agnazi Agnazi Jewish or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to say it either. <laughs> but whenever I first took it, it said I was one point one point two, and then like the other day when I checked it because it said you had more relatives found, oh. it said that I was one point five. Yeah. So I was like, well, it's going up. Yeah, that's science. We're always adding new data and having to shift the way we think. Right. That's ridiculous. But that's also the cool part about it. Well, would you would you think that there's going to be a time that you can actually like fully? I mean, I know that we can clone something now, sure. But can you literally replicate somebody from 100% DNA match to another? Like, two? Could you make two DJ Oreo? Two G- That's a G- great question. Not that we need it. <laughs> the world needs two DJ Oreo. <laughs> they would be. That's the dream team right there, bro. Man. Uh, sure. Well, yes and no. Yes, genetically, DNA matched, but you still have the experiences that he's gone through in life that you can't, um, you can't put into another human being. So At least that I know of. Can't. I don't know anything about Keanu AI. Reeves did it. And <laughs> but this, so, okay, bringing That was a movie. What, no, I know. Replicas. Bringing back to what you were saying earlier, but say you were able to do that that would be someone that might have like maybe the same skill set or some personality characteristics or it would just be like like they a may horse look the same but this is its own person per se yeah i mean it would be its own person because it, you're not you're not cloning a, a full adult of you you're cloning a single cell that then you would make you know an embryo and that would then grow up to be a lookalike like replicas but it could be doing totally different because I think it's going to be different experience I think in people's minds and even mine mine before you said that because I'm thinking like oh a clone of me would be like another person that popped out he's going to DJ you know look the exact same hey put your hands up hey this is cool but really it would be someone who probably resembled the clone or that person or me or whomever but they would have their own like you said life experiences and their own thing so they could be something totally different that person just sure She's saying that it can happen, but it would not know any of your stuff. Unless, of course, you use the replica thing to put in the horse memories. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, but that's what I was talking about earlier. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that back up. No, 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 no it's fine. Trying to get past that, and then here we. <laughs> but I mean, that's it, legitimately it's relative to where we're at. But no, it is. It is relative. I already said like the horse. You guys didn't hear me. I know you didn't because you don't have headphones on. Nah. Um. So. Do you know why Dolly? Do you know who Dolly is? Yes. The sheep yes. that was gone. Mm-hmm. Do you know why she her name was Dolly? No. She was made out of a mammary gland cell. And so they named Don't her after. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm not kidding. Wow. Dolly Parton. Named after Dolly Parton. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? That is really I don't weird. I know who did it. It seems like a weird thing, but a little fun fact for you. Wow. They didn't really tell us that, though, did they? No. No, but... You probably don't need to. Sorry. Okay, that get that okay, that okay, that gives me a question. <laughs> so there's definitely stuff going on we don't know. Oh yeah, for sure. Bro, that's what I was talking about, man. She's a plethora of future information. 
like that you have no idea. I mean, the DNA replication well, fact in just even grouping sheep, right? Was just like, oh, this little experiment did it, and this was. I mean, this was quite a long time ago. Yeah, dude, they did cows and shit in fucking China. Uh, they're probably doing more than that. Probably, but what we know for sure that they're doing cows. Yeah, I don't want to speculate, but I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, you'll speculate all day. Yeah, so. I will. I will go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy though, but. When it comes to, like, to go down a different path. Okay. Say we find, we, we found some type of life on Mars. Fun. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Tiny, tiny life. Yeah. What do you think that would be? There's no atmosphere there. I don't know. Like a silicon-based life form? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, like some, like, a little tiny thing. Could, it, could there be potential for something to live outside of... No atmosphere. Would you, would you know that? I would assume so. I mean, I think they're... Thinking about what I thought I knew when I graduated undergrad and then going into... I think the biggest part of getting a PhD is realizing all the things you don't know and you have no idea about or even know how to start thinking about it. Um, that it's kind of fascinating to think that there are all kinds of possibilities. Right. I mean, there's just no telling there's what, no telling. what that life would be like, Yeah. but there uh, the building blocks are all the same, right? That we know that you, we would just assume that they're all, I, what is it? Nucle- uh, nucleic acids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those four, four little letters, uh, make up all life that we know of, but that's that we know of. Um, right. So that's why I was saying silicon based. Do you think there's other things out there, Oreo? Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Easy answer. Yeah. Well, you know, it goes back to just like in, 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 in any industry, no matter what, um, you never really know what goes on behind the scenes. So say you go out to eat at a restaurant, you get your favorite steak, you get your favorite sides, you love going to this place, you know they make great food, but you really have no idea what's going on in the kitchen. Like you just know that the great food comes out and you have your favorite waiter and you tip them and you go home and you come back. There's a whole world of things that are going on and it is interesting. I feel like we live in a time where now people are going, well, there is things we want to let people know and different things that are out there. Now, it may not be life that we think that there's like maybe a whole nother world out there that operates like ours, but I think that there could definitely be something out there. I mean, there's a vast amount of planets and galaxies and things we haven't reached that we even know about. We've only gotten so far. I do believe there are stuff that they don't tell us. Well, we already know that. It's they. The government the is government what I'm assuming or, he's yeah, meaning. I, believe, I mean, yeah, for sure. The man. Stuff, there's stuff that we're, we don't know. or, or I mean, there, ha- there has to be. I mean, we would if we got flooded with some of that information, no telling how we would react. Which brings yeah. me to this. Um, if we did get into a point in like our society or lives where we were cloning people successfully, okay, do you think that that would bring a whole host of new medical problems? Because, like, we're kind of, you know... Wouldn't you just be copying the same thing? But it would I, be ethical medical problems that you're going to run into the most. Oh, yeah. Maybe. 
I mean, because you're kind of tampering with, you know, sure. a lot of different things. So then you don't really know, like, necessarily what could come out of it. Because once you start, you know, because I mean, that person's going to live their own life and have their own experiences and be with who they want to be. Then they're mingling with these people and this person. And I mean, as crazy as it sounds like that, <laughs> like create, creating another person. Yeah. yeah, as crazy as that sounds. But like more realistically, it's it's creating organs and it's sure. creating things that can prolong life. Sure. Like, I mean, we can talk all the craziness we want that we'll all enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like the how far away are we to creating another like and applying it in like actually creating it like uh, another lung or another i mean heart sure you know what i mean it's been a while since i've looked into that i did see and i read an i remember reading an article it's been many years years ago where they seemed like it was getting close mm-hmm. um I think they were growing like a human organ in a pig, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I know they've grown like pig valves or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how close um, right. that kind of technology is. I. But you'd like to get involved with it, right? We use we use organoids in the lab. What is that? So we take um, cells. And uh, let's say from a colon, uh-huh. like intestinal crypts, and then they form like these little, it's not an organ, it's an organoid, so it's like a little ball of cells, but they're differentiated cells and can do different things. Um, so that's like... And it's like not even the size of my pinky. No. It's like really it's tiny. It's really tiny. It's a microscope. Yeah, it's like... Size. Imagine, that's what it's all. It's like a little pin, like a little top of a pin. <laughs> Those little things just whoosh, grows into something. Yeah. But, like, those things are communicating with all these little receptors in your genes, right? And then that's what's giving you your brown hair or whatever, right? Sure. Am I wrong? (laughs) (laughs) You tell me. You give me the science class. That's why you're here. Oh, sorry. sorry. This is science. We're all here for science. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Genes are controlling all those things um, that make you you. I don't... It's nuts. Yeah. But one is stronger than the other. One what? Like one gene. Uh. This is where I got really confused with that. Okay. Well, like these are all communicating with each other. They sure. may not be like really close to it. From, so from what he was telling, or what I was trying to understand in this extremely intelligent podcast that I had <laughs> no, I had no business being a part of. I'm sure you're expecting me to be smarter than I am. Too. No, 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 you're fine. Um, so with hit, they, he said that he found like one gene, like the, the communicator would talk to a gene, uh, another one, right. Uh, another one right next to it. And then, and then it's opposite or whatever, or it's less, um, less attracted one. Okay. Would would communicate with like fifteen cells down the line, uh-huh. so they're all creating the gene. Or they're all creating a passive and uh, um, passive and I guess a, dominant. A, yeah, a dominant one. And whichever one's getting the signal the most is what is firing, but it may not have is high of an influence depending on what the other side is like as far as the copy of the copy of the copy what i was explaining about moms you know 
It's, I'm fucking all over the map. You did it again. I'm trying to connect. No, I, I, you have so many different receptors in your, yes, it, each cell has so many different receptors and uh, you do have different molecules that can compete for that receptor and make that receptor fire some signal within the cell. So yeah, um, there's so much of that going on. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that's yes what point that we were getting to make out of that no but but that is controlling your everything recessive and or whatever everything Mm -hmm. and these don't come into effect until you get older like what as you're a zygote or whatever like as a human being Mm -hmm. when you're being created oh that everything's working all the time yes that's what helps us develop into humans i guess i should have started off with that yeah at the beginning of when you're at birth yeah. All these things All are competing. Before birth. What? <laughs> I mean, you got to develop in there, right? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so, receptors. We actually, in my lab now, study um, a specific receptor that we think is involved in the development of colorectal cancer. And so, we're working on... Um, targeting the what's called a ligand, the molecule that binds the receptor, mm-hmm. to... Um, to inhibit that pathway and see if we can uh, inhibit the growth of colorectal cancer. Inhibit as in stop. Yeah. Stop that signal. Yeah. Right. And how many, uh, how many receptors have we found? And I mean, with the cancer, like we, Oh gosh. And been able to stop. Um, I mean, there, that would be, I guess, preventing cancer. Yeah, essentially, right? Are several drugs um, that target receptor lichen interactions? Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the big ones. So, Alice, Dr. Allison, that I was talking about at MD Anderson, he discovered a CTLA a target as immunotherapy target. Um, PD one. I hate to. I hate to do this because they're all like these acronyms, right? Right. And so it means nothing to most people. I just PD one. PD one. I got it. PDL one. Um, PDL one. Gotcha. Yeah. So that interaction um, is is used to target to control immune response. So that is a immune inhibitor, a response inhibitor. And so if you inhibit that, then you're going to increase or boost the immune response. And hopefully your body can kind of help take care of that. Why isn't, why don't people talk about immune health more? Oh, they do. Well, now. Yeah. Now, but just in general. <laughs> Nobody talks about it. You don't, you don't hear that come up at the bar very often. Well, you just don't hear about it just in general, just from the general public. Yeah. I mean, even when I talk to my general practice doctor, he's always just like, well, you know, just make sure you're, you're eating right. That, that goes like, back to that gut. I'm like, wow. okay. Yeah. Anything else that I need? <laughs> uh, well, maybe exercise a little, you know? Yeah. I mean, but nobody talks about like, hey, you need to like really, okay, we need to dive into your, your diet because we've seen that, you know, the increase in this, you know, whatever is going to prevent cancer. Mm-hmm. Like, were you, you were originally going for physical therapy? Did you do any diet? No, I didn't. And I kind of regret that because I feel like your diet and nutrition. Uh, you talked about gut. So yeah, yeah, it, it affects your gut health, which affects your overall health. Right. Um, and I think what we put into our bodies has is a big determining factor, uh, for those environmental factors that drive cancer development or any other, um, kind of disease. When you figured out what that's, what that receptor was sending for the, uh, colorectal cancer, mm-hmm. 
did you ever um do you ever have the ability to transfer that into environmental outside of these drugs or anything but it's like hey you're you know i mean i guess a, a dumb explanation or example would be like your deodorant you know what i mean like hey you've got too much aluminum or what or you know this vitamin in your system so let's back that down or let's try to counteract it like anything anything that transfer environmental that way um it Yes. Outside of drugs. Well, it is inside of drugs, but in a different way. So um, the signaling molecule that binds that receptor Mm -hmm. is actually, uh, it is a drug that people use. Um, It's used to treat uh, neutropenia or uh, low white blood cells, low immune cells um, for people who have gone through chemotherapy. And so we give them this drug, um, but it turns out that that might also be a bad thing. Like it's not just boosting your immune system, but because most molecules in the body do numerous things that it also could be potentially driving, um, development of colorectal cancer. And this is all, um, just stuff that we're working on. Yeah. It's it's test. It's not concrete. Right. Well, nothing is necessarily ever concrete. Right. In science. Right. Right. Cause shit's always changing. Well, our, our knowledge is always changing. Yeah. 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 There's fair, there's constants, I guess. Yeah. Always variables. It's like a billion variables. That's what I was told. They're like, like all these receptors and everything are like billions of variables in your body. It's. I guess that was a better way to say it. There you go. Like this shit is just going on up here. So like (laughs) what I say now, like I may have something in five minutes that might fix it. So you guys just need to just buckle up. Wait, yeah. Just hold on a minute and we'll get the circle back. um, I was really kind of just curious, like when, just like diets, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I um, actually thought about because you know more into that because nutrition is huge, and I think especially for cancer, especially for cancer, yeah, for sure, um, and the environment that we create in our gut um, controls what's growing in there, and what's growing in there controls what kind of um, hormones are released and how, like I said, it, it can change how you think, right? Um, which is all really incredible. If you didn't, if you, if you weren't diving into this type of cancer, what would your other one be? Uh, I, you know, I didn't have really a specific. I know heart disease, heart disease is the number one killer. And then I think cancer. Cardiovascular diseases. And then, um, I think COVID was number three for 2020 for deaths. Are you serious? I think so. This is number three. That's crazy, though. Yeah, but you guys aren't getting vaccinated. <laughs> I'm 35. <laughs> I just feel, I feel like. Sorry. I said I wasn't going to judge you, and I just did. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You know. Snuck that one in there. You know, you're not bothering me. Uh, no. You told no lies. <laughs> no, my goal is to get back in shape. Because That's a good goal. Yeah. Because whenever I came back and I met all you guys, I just finished playing college hockey, and I was in shape. I wasn't this fat dad right now. So I'll say this, but our bodies do slow down and process things a lot differently than, I mean, we're talking, you were what, 21, 22 at that. I mean, yeah. 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 So 19. Yeah. So 20. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in in that range. But our bodies do slow down as how they process things, metabolism, different things like that. So it is harder as you get older to, 
you know, keep that shape, I'm assuming, because sure. a lot of what is going on in that gut and the process, is it really truly like your body just processes things just slow down? Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of things change as you age, and I think that's why it's even more important to try to be active and stay in shape as you get older. Yeah, you, it's your metabolism that drives everything, right? It drives a lot, weight-wise, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it drives everything, uh, how yeah. your gut processes stuff, too. Sure. Like all the sugars and stuff Mm -hmm. but no that's what i was like saying like you know hey cut back on the sugar drinks but there's i mean not not anything that i've heard of you know like hey we can increase it by taking in more vitamin d just for example do you have you read anything about the um relationship between vitamin d and covid symptoms uh the deficiency yeah i already had that conversation with sergio I said, I said when that whole situation was going on way back then, yeah, 80% of the people that had COVID that were in critical condition were vitamin D deficient. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I take vitamin D every morning. I like the sun. You travel a lot. You just came from Mexico. Shh. Oh, sorry. You can edit that out. I did. No, it's fine. Um. <laughs> He's marking it. He's right to summarize this down. But I actually it's, read a couple of articles about that and was pretty excited because my parents, you know, obviously, um, I'm not too concerned about myself being a healthy, semi-young adult. Um, but my parents were concerned because uh, they're in that demographic of susceptibility. But they yeah. get all the sunshine, and so my and my dad chugs uh, chugs milk daily so it made me really excited to hear that uh, relationship between vitamin d and covid is that true though about well okay so you just said chugs milk we're not built to really process milk right we've adapted that over time some Uh, evolutionary i haven't but yeah some of us have yeah we're not supposed to drink milk oh my he drinks it by the gallon i love it i don't like milk too i don't like milk it doesn't love me no um. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Did you? I'm, I'm assuming you quarantine, but that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's now that we're here, so that is. <laughs> I was why assuming you're quarantined. No, I'm just fine. Took the three weeks off is so that I had two weeks after I got back. Oh no! You're, I was going to ask you how it was traveling because I know a lot of people are like, "Look, I'll, I'm, we'll, we'll travel within the United States and you know Mexico, but we're not going to stop." I mean, that's cool. I knew I had a buddy that just went to Mexico and got married. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, Literally got back last week. Anybody I know? No. Uh, no. Okay. Brandon Hunt. Uh, that actually sounds familiar, but I don't know. He used to work at Classic. He used to, um, back when we were all in the bar scene, he used to always go to the, the bar. Um, he stayed south more. Okay. But, yeah, he went there. Um, and I had, we had a guy came up from Houston, flew up from Houston. Mm-hmm. Some people were traveling. I didn't mean to call you out. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, this is how I explain it to people. I'm just doing my part. Um, no, you're fine. So we went to Cozumel. And, um, that's where they went. Yeah. So that's an island, and they rely strictly on tourism. That's their only, um, basically their only income is tourist. Yeah, it's dollars. terrible. And, yeah, they're just hard times right now and so i like to tell people that i was just doing my part to there you go them support and their economy yeah 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 and i, I feel like I, we really did um all joking aside there were a lot of people and we go every year so we you know you become familiar with people who sell stuff around in the different shops and um 
you could tell that people were struggling yeah. and it kind of felt good to be like, okay, here, here's, right. you know, I'll buy this thing that I don't need at all, but maybe. I mean, I think if you can do it and you can do it safely, yeah. you can travel. I mean, there's a lot of factors that are involved with traveling. I mean, especially with, you know, older folks, yeah. if you have older folks in the home, I mean, just try to be safe about it. But I mean, there's a lot of people and especially coming from an industry that did rely on a lot of, you know, traffic travelers, you know, I mean, the bar industry, yeah, that does rely on travelers. It relies on tourists. So if you can travel mm-hmm. and you can go see things and you can support those kinds of businesses, which are typically, you know, mom and bop places, yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's good to do it. Yeah. And they checked your temperature everywhere you go. Right. You still had to wear masks everywhere you go. Um, it felt they were, you know, everything you touched was wet from alcohol. Right. Rain. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the, that's the one thing. And my, my Apple watch tells me if I've washed my hands long enough or not. Really? Yeah. It's kind of cool. Huh. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. It's like, Hey, you got like 10 seconds left. <laughs> Come on, man. Everywhere and everything was looking out for you. Uh, that's good though. But so how long do you continue doing your research? Um, until they tell you to get out? It's kind of open-ended, yeah. It has a lot to do with funding. Um, oh. my, my boss is kind of at a critical point in her career. She's um, also a surgical oncologist, so she, she will always have that part of her career. But um, she decided she wanted to do something more research-based, something more mentally challenging, so she's gotten into research. Uh, and typically, as a, a, I'm going to quote-unquote new researcher, she's been doing it for a few years, there's a uh, one main grant that you kind of need to, oh, yeah. really, to get funding and to really start that research. And so she's at that position where, um, she needs, she just submitted a grant and hopefully that gets funded, but that kind of controls how many employees you can have and right. um, how long I get to do research for her. Like that seems like it, that seems like it's the industry in itself. Like you have the, I mean, like you said, research and you you can be a researcher or an academic or you can go into the industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like eventually they go back and forth. Yeah. Like, okay, I went over here and I researched this. We really found out some solid stuff. I'm going to go and take it over here. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, that worked. Now I'm going to go back. I mean, do you see yourself doing that? Like... If you weren't researching this, what would you research? And then would you, how would you? So if I wasn't in the position that I'm in now, I actually don't know that I want to be in a a research intensive position. I would like to be in what's called a research adjacent position. What does that mean? So instead of, you know, contributing new knowledge, which is what I try to do now. Yeah. um, I would be sharing other people's knowledge. So... Um, and people do research in industry as well. Like people have my position, but for a company. As That's what I was talking it. about. Like yeah. um, research in an industry. Yeah. So you're actually working for a company, but say that company decides to devote. So it's like being an academic, but you're, you are, you have a constant grant, right? Uh, Kind of. You have more stable funding for yeah. sure. Um, you're not having to uh, submit grants and rely on that because you have um, a company who's paying for you to do research. 
Um, so that is a big difference. And depending upon how you look at it, that's what makes people go into one or the other uh, industry. You don't have as much control over what you're researching. You really kind of have to do with what the company wants you uh, wants to yeah. look into. Whereas most people in academia get to research whatever they want. And that's kind of the noble part of it that they're um, not following someone else's. I would feel like it would probably be kind of like a little bit on the other way. Like, well, I have to go and research this because this is the only thing that the money is available for. Does that ever happen? Um, you can't just go out and just like research whatever you want. No. You unless can't. somebody's going to give you money for it. True. Yeah. I mean, you can research whatever you want as long as it makes sense and that you can write it in such a way right. that someone else believes in your research and believes there's a reason for doing it. I mean, you can't just totally make something up out of thin air. You have yeah. to have data to support it yeah. out there. Um, but yeah, to get back to your question, I, I love research, but, um, I think that I'm getting close to a point where I want to do something a little bit different. Uh, research can, you know, you're in an office or in a lab. Um, there's not a whole lot of people around and I'm kind of a little bit more of an extrovert. So I really? like to get out and hang out with people. I know I'm a weirdo. Well, I figured like there'd be a lot of people in a lab. Uh, kind of like. And kind of like be like a bar, you know, like walking around and going, going back. <laughs> and people are like, what the fuck is she talking about? Well, uh, lab personnel tend to be in academia, particularly tend to be introverted. Oh, really? It, it tends to be a different kind of person that works in a lab and does their own thing. And they're not really, I figured that maybe a new generation would break that mold. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think people are, really proud to be introverts more so these days you know i see it a lot on you know facebook and stuff where people are like oh i'm this pandemic has really made me shine yeah <laughs> that's my wife my wife says that too I'm like oh i really love staying at home and not talking to anyone yeah uh, which is not me so i, I want to do something a little more with science communications um and be able to look at the work that other people have researched and kind of transform that into a language that non-researchers can understand um, without the PD-1s and the yes. um, CTLAs and all that. Um, and, you know, relay that information to physicians um, so that you can build connections with people for clinical trials and, and things like that. What kind of... So you went, you went to Pryor. <laughs> What kind of avenues are there for other little girls and little boys that are, I mean, Oklahoma's, their education's not very good, Yeah. but I mean, you're a doctor and you came out of that. Yeah. So there's avenues for other people sure. in this. My son probably being one of them. Yeah. One of the sons. <laughs> the other one doesn't know his, where his foot is yet. <laughs> so... Uh, there are lots of avenues that you can take. Um, research was never something that was on my radar until I just stumbled upon it in an undergrad. So um, there are numerous internships um, that you can do. Uh, OCAST. And then again, I'm just going to give you a whole bunch more acronyms. Right. Um, but you can basically just Google research internships, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and be able to find these different, and a lot of them pay you. Uh, most of them are for either like senior high school or undergrad students to go and work for the summer. 
Um, and then, yeah. A lot of probably like assistant stuff. Yeah. Like really just in the yeah. watching and observing. Sure. Learning how to use different tools in the lab, learning right. a little bit of how to ask those questions of what data we need. And When does it really kind of, I mean, like for me, it was biology. That was freshman year. Yeah. Um, wait, was it biology freshman year? I think so. Sounds about right. Yeah. I graduated in 03. What did you do? Same. Freshman uh, biology. Did you take? Yeah. So I'm not a, I'm not a, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't my favorite. No, because I remember we had chemistry and I was like, I'm fucking out. It's not for everyone. Yeah. I'm fucking (laughs) out. Yeah. The, um, but like, are there any like things like outside that like parents can do? Did, were you ever involved in like any, anything like for the youth? Like young, young kids, like not necessarily like, um, I mean, we do biology, but like (laughs) just anything else science. Yeah. Do you know of anything? I do. Oh man. Um, there's, uh, something called, uh, citizen science and it's basically where non-scientists can contribute to actual research that's going on. Um, I'm blanking on this uh, specific one. So I saw a guy come to OU and he gave this talk about um, finding different uh, microbes or molecules in the dirt Mm -hmm. and potentially using them for, um, for uh, drug targets, drugs. And so you go on this site and they'll send you a package and you go and you dig up dirt out of your yard and you mail it in. And then um, you can go online and see what kind of interesting things that they found in your dirt. Oh. Um, I, th- I want to say Citizen Science Oklahoma or something like that. But there are all kinds of things. That's pretty where, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. I remember making a little grill in my science class in fifth grade. When you cook a little hamburger on. You made a grill? Yeah, it was like a, you made it out of like a coffee can. Oh. And like a candle or something? No, I don't remember. (laughs) It was real weird. We made a grill. It's something to do with the sun and lit something. Yeah. It was crazy. But yeah, that was something that we did in fifth grade. But I used to love, I I had a professor in uh, um, Boston. He measured uh, flow in glaciers. Oh. Glacier runoffs. Yeah. And uh, river flow. Nice. So that was pretty cool. So, I mean, there's just thing, and he did stuff during the summer, so I didn't know if, like, OU or you did anything through OU with kids or anything for, like, community, because uh, we had to do community service so many hours. Yeah. I didn't know if that was something that you guys had to do. Probably not in grad school, but. <laughs> no, they do. Um, and there's, like, Neuroscience Day at the museum uh, in Oklahoma City. Yeah, you guys got all the cool stuff over there. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of little... We don't have anything cool in Tulsa. Science fair. There is. I mean, we just don't know where it's at. You I know. probably do, but we don't know where it's That's at. why we're on a journey to find out all the cool <laughs> shit and cool people in Oklahoma. <laughs> Which, but I also think probably Oklahoma City has a bigger, uh, or more more selection or places of, of things like this, too, as well. Because yeah. I remember even being a kid, and we would plan trips and different stuff, and it was like, Tulsa had things, but yeah. Oklahoma City still had more, because we would do field trips and things like that, and that's kind of was a destination for that. We have a pretty cool science museum. Yeah. Yeah. And I think an aeronautics museum. Mm-hmm. I've never been to that one. I haven't been to it either. I'd like to go. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming by and putting up with our antics. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. There were some interesting questions. 
Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> there were some great questions there today. <laughs> Oreo had some really good questions. Look, my questions are there. They're they, there. They're just all over. I'm just, I got like, I'm all over the map. <laughs> I'm you, thinking you, about you like into what's going on in your mind. It's yeah. literally like when I ask those questions, I've got five billion things going on in There's my head, and it's just not coming out together at all. All those are but then like firing. literally like five minutes later, it'll all piece together, and I'll be like, "That's exactly what I was trying to just say." <laughs> but no, we're we're um, very pleased that you came on the show today because like there was questions that I had, and and, and same with him, but it was very informative. Like we, we've had a lot of different guests that have had really great topics and things like that, but this was. A a little bit of a different uh, thing for us. It was uh, the first doctor on the show for yeah. sure. But there were some things we got to delve into and some things I definitely want to look up and understand because there is, uh, I do feel like a lot of times science and different things like that. The last year has been a big deal with COVID and things like that, but it kind of took that to kind of put some of the stuff in the forefront of like, there's kind of a whole world and things that are going on, especially within our own bodies yeah. um, that, that we have to, about. we never think about and we have to become aware of. Yeah. Um, well, it's definitely good to monitor yourself. I mean, especially as you get older. I never knew that this was something that was going to happen. No. I mean, everybody said it, but I thought they were just saying that to scare me. No, we're here. But it fucking happened. <laughs> it sure did. It happened. And I'm sitting here in this chair and my knees hurt. And I'm like, I haven't done anything. My knees just hurt. Same. <laughs> I'm just like, Same. I don't know how long we've been doing this, but I mean... I really do. It, it's. Yeah. I'm really excited. It's a really great. It, I was really happy for this one to kick off our 2021 yeah. um, year because last year was such a shit show. Yeah, and we'd love to have you back because I mean, you know, a lot of things change and advancements and in your field and different yeah. things. We'd love to check back in because sure. it's it's an interesting topic to me. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, there's just a lot going on. There's so much stuff. I mean, you didn't even. I mean, even the whole categorizing them and grouping them mm-hmm. uh, the genomes that was something that's been pretty big recently as well there's a whole bunch of stuff yeah that like even whenever i start to think about it they come out it, it, it literally is like those questions yeah. because i don't understand it and it but it's interesting and it's i mean it's just exactly <laughs> it's so it's so interesting it is. i can't get i can't even say anything else about it it's just crazy it of is. what we're doing with cancer research, all that stuff. But yeah, I really appreciate you stopping in and hanging out in Oreo's kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having hey. me. Hey. Yeah, man. Dude, it's like a party after it, the bar. It, it, it's kind of like a little after party. We're all just kind of sitting around. That's what I was chat. telling him. I was like, I go, you know, it's funny because like after we would, after the bar would close, we'd always yeah. go and hang out and I go at Stucky's house, his old house. Yeah. And the party would always end up. In the kitchen yeah. for some yeah. reason. I think and that's then, everywhere. And then Ben would end up making food or something. You know? Yeah. Sit back and talk, kick back. Yeah. yeah. The kitchen was the. It's like, it's always. Uh, the hub, yes. Even in college, you always ended up in the kitchen yeah. somewhere. Because that's mainly where all the beer was. Yeah. <laughs> Just water here, guys. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Well, um, anything else you got? Will you send me. Um, some links yeah to can people donate to that research is this this is an oklahoma-based study 
or research that you're doing, right? That I'm doing. Is it national? Uh, we have collaborators um, at University of New Mexico um, and, and a few others. It's kind of interesting as far as funding goes to be able to just be like, oh, hey, donate to my lab. It doesn't really work like that. It doesn't? No. Do you, so you have a cause? But there are a lot of great... Um, is there is there any specific um, organizations that will donate to that research? Sure, like the Can, American Cancer Society, um, AAAS. I'm trying to think. Advancements, American Association of Advancements of Science. Oh, that was my name. <laughs> National Science Foundation. I mean, they're they're just all of them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But can you can send me some links or just at least some names that way I can yeah. tag them down there. Maybe we should have a book club on Theranos too. Oh man, <laughs> you guys, Oreo, you need to get on I that, dude. You. I got you. It's it's saved in my phone. You need to watch it. It's a crazy story. <laughs> That's a crazy story. Maybe you will be the next successful Elizabeth Holmes. That would be wonderful, right? <laughs> Yeah, successful. I was, we'll say successful. Yeah. I mean, depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I guess she was a bit successful. For a minute. It's a crazy idea that that would happen. It's nuts. But so, anyways. Okay. We'll get out of here. Oreo wants Hit us to leave his right house. There? Is that the one I'm going to hit? Right there? Yeah. Right there? Yeah. Big red button. Are we good? Yeah, we're out. Just see it. You just, just hit it. Bye.